0: This is Becky Gannon, and I'm mad about miniatures. My guest today is Marina, a talented miniaturist who can be found on Instagram at Marina's mini Life. Marina and I met in person at the Philadelphia Miniaturia Show two years ago, and I'm so delighted to chat with her today about all things mini. Let's go talk to Marina. Hello, Marina. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi, Becky. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you and tell me about your dollhouses. I want to hear all about them, but I want to start with asking you how many you have.
1: Right now, I have seven dollhouses and I have about three dollhouses that are not like still in the box, like as of kits, kits undone, which I really can't start because I'm committed to finish In this new year, everything that I haven't finished last year, I got caught up last year with uh, going back to work full time. And so I really couldn't give a lot of time to really what I wanted to work on. So that kind of got a little bit in the way of my mini life.
0: Darn it. I hate when that happens.
1: I know. I was kind of annoyed about it and a little frustrated, too. At the end of the year, I was kind of so frustrated because I couldn't even like decorate for Christmas the way I really wanted to. I feel like I just kind of did a half-hearted Christmas post or reel, and that's just not like me. I really didn't have a choice. I worked at Nordstrom, and we were extremely busy. I'm a makeup artist and an esthetician and a licensed cosmetologist, so I work for a, a particular brand that is in that store. And we were very busy. So I couldn't really have a lot of time to commit to myself or minis. It made me kind of sad.
0: You know, Marina, that happens. I stopped doing the podcast for six months. I missed it. I was sad. And when I did post, I felt like half-hearted. It makes you sad when you have to go away from the mini world for too long.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I try to check in on Instagram and keep connected with all my people that I talk to. Sometimes a daily basis, but mostly just connecting and just encouraging one another. I guess I'm a little OCD and I always like to leave an encouraging comment on just all these people that are so fabulous and they take such time in putting all their efforts and excellence into their posts and their reels. So I just can't scroll by without just a like. I have to say something.
0: I know. Sometimes I think about that. You know, I try to do that too, but sometimes I get busy and you scroll by something fabulous and you say it's beautiful, but then, you know, that really doesn't do justice to the time and energy and creativity that went behind it. I mean, things people are creating just amaze me on a daily basis.
1: Oh, me too. I am so amazed by just the creativity and the talent and the artistry. It just blows me away. It really, really does. And I'm so fortunate to be part of a community that is encouraging to one another and supportive. I feel like I can drop a DM if I'm stuck on anything. And like people just come to the rescue with all kinds of resolutions to that problem.
0: It's true. People are very generous with their time and their advice and their expertise. So you said you have seven, but you have some waiting in boxes. I have a little camper waiting in a box and a few other little projects that are sitting in closets too. So I know how you feel. So of the seven, they're not all done. So you've committed to finishing, finishing what?
1: The contemporary, I still have to finish the exterior. I made the contemporary from Victoria's farmhouse. I have one large room. I haven't decided on what exactly I'm going to make of it. I still have a couple of rooms I have to revise that I'm simply not happy with, like the wallpaper. Nothing, nothing major. The flooring, which is major, is done. But I have to finish the exterior and I have to get that house completely finished and done. And then I'll be completely happy. And the issue for me is I have four major houses that are pretty much done and they are three of them are large and so for me I don't I have them all right now in my studio and I just can't put together I have the beachside bungalow in a box I have a fairfield which is actually it's out of my uh, territory but it's half scale my son bought it for me for my birthday fun yeah. I want to tackle that so bad. And then another house that's a green leaf that I actually bought in a garage sale for like $10. That is like probably going to be the last on the list. I feel like I would like to make a house and donate it to either uh, there's a local children's hospital um, and make it child friendly. I want to do something like that.
0: That would be lovely. I've thought about that too. So what you're telling me is not only do you feel you have to finish them, but In terms of room, you actually need to finish them and maybe get rid of one in order to have room for another? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah,
1: I definitely thinking like I want to get rid of one of them. I don't know which one. And honestly, I don't know if I could actually go through with it and part with it because most of the kitchens and the bathrooms I build myself and so many hours of time went into it. And i find it very difficult so i feel like if i build a house that i am not committed to and not attached to i get like so attached
0: oh like if you knew ahead of time this is one i'm building to donate or to sell yes
1: and i feel like if i did that with that intentional thought that i wouldn't get emotionally attached i know it sounds crazy but i get so attached i have a house that my son actually bought me. So because my son bought it for me when my mom passed away and he thought that it would be good for me to keep my mind busy. I am a doer. I'm not one to sit down and watch a show. I just cannot do it. I'm just not that kind of person. I need to be doing like five things at once. So he thought that getting me a dollhouse off of Facebook marketplace, I renovated the whole thing as I was renovating it. A lot of the fabric and thought process behind making the dollhouse renovation was all with my mom in mind. So a lot of it has my mom's handmade doilies and she handmade different crochet uh, items. And a lot of those items are in my house. The kitchen is inspired by my mom's kitchen. So I I don't think I could physically (laughs) get rid of that house ever.
0: Oh, no, I mean, that's, that's special in so many ways. Your yeah. son bought it. You used it to get over your grief. You put bits of your mom in it. I mean, that's yeah. got to be with you forever. Mm-hmm. That's lovely that you did that. So did you say you used some of her doilies for rugs? And how did you try to incorporate her in that?
1: Yeah, a lot of the doilies I made the bedding and bedspreads and the quiltings I used in the bedrooms.
0: That's so special.
1: And just a lot of the decor was my mom's style. It was how my mom's house is, the styling and the decor and her inspiration. Like if my mom was making the dollhouse, that's how she would make
0: it. Ah, oh, that's such a lovely thing to do and yeah. so thoughtful of your son. And he knows you so well to know that that would help you.
1: Oh, yeah. He knew that it would definitely help in my grieving Process. It kept my mind busy, and and it kept my mom her spirit alive
0: inside of me. It felt like comforting making that. I'm sure that really helped connect you to so many memories. Oh yeah. Now was that the first dollhouse you did?
1: No, my dad made my first dollhouse. I still have that, and I will never renovate that because it was his hands that made it exactly how he
0: envisioned it for me. Is this a childhood dollhouse that he made for you?
1: Yes, I was about seven. He made it. I was a a change of life baby. So my sisters are 18 years older than me. So when they had babies right out of they got married right out of high school back then. So my nieces and nephews were my age. And we all played together with the dollhouse. So when I had my kids, they played with my dollhouse. So I just felt like there was just my whole life was wrapped around that dollhouse, you know, and so many people's hands touched it and played with it And the memories that I have with that dollhouse. And I'm so fortunate that I still have it. And I even have a lot of the furniture as well. It's just a treasure to me that I I would never renovate that.
0: That's so special. And you made it from scratch?
1: Yes. He did. He made it from scratch.
0: That's amazing. Did you watch him build it? How did that come about?
1: Yep. I watched him build it. I remember building it. I remember one day he came home with a box full of miniatures of like the the furniture. And I
0: remember like ripping that box open. (laughs) Some things never change. I would do the same thing today. Yeah,
1: it was amazing. Yeah. And he was so happy that he was able to get like all this furniture And I don't even know where he got it. Some guy, you know, ordered it for him. And just amazing. I have some of those pieces still to this day.
0: Well, I'm just impressed that he made it from scratch, from wood. Did he draw a plan? He
1: must have. He was really very good with wood. He was like crafty and he was always in his garage or in the basement building something. So he was very, very talented like that.
0: And he passed some of that on to you.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I love doing it, and I love building and just creating things.
0: Wow. That's so great that you have that dollhouse and that your kids and grandkids and everybody will always get to play with it. That's just fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm so thankful. And then I did build another dollhouse um, myself after that, and unfortunately, it was lost because we had a flood. Oh. It got destroyed.
0: Oh, that must have been devastating. Did you put a lot of time into it? It was
1: a very nice kit. It was very well made. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, it, it was a total loss. It was water damage. So I kind of put things on the back burner. And then I always collected miniatures and miniature accessories, anything that was miniature. I've been a collector since I've been a kid. Wow. Yeah, so I have quite a collection of miniatures. I love collecting them.
0: So Marina, what's that sound in the background? Oh, you hear my dogs? Yes. Okay, so tell me about your doggies. I hear them. I hear them outside. They want to be on the interview. What do they do about your miniatures? Do they ever eat anything? Do they watch you make them?
1: They are under my desk constantly. If I say, "Want to look at the doghouse?" and they want me to pick them up and they love Being in the dollhouse. So sometimes I work on the floor and my dogs go in the dollhouse. They're only like five and a half pounds. I have two Pomeranians. Oh, okay. They like to go in it and they'll just sit inside. Over the holidays, I had to move my big Newport manor that's usually in my living room. I had to move it into my studio because I was having children over my house for the holidays and I didn't want to be in a position where things would get touched or broken. We put everything into the studio. I turned my back and my dog had destroyed a little hydrangea bush. That was actually I bought from an estate sale. She destroyed the entire thing in a matter of five minutes. I had pieces and bits all over my rug.
0: Naughty, naughty dog. But that's amazing that they can go into the dollhouse like cats. Ziggy's quite small. He's 9, 10 pounds, but he can't get in one.
1: Oh my dog! She goes right inside it. But now they're elevated, so no more accidents and no, uh, no doggy appearances in my dollhouse.
0: Well, you know, you make a big mistake, and those are the consequences, dogs. Oh yeah,
1: they love looking at the dollhouse. I don't know why. I don't know why they're fascinated with it. But sometimes I just pick them up, and they
0: just look at it, and they're like fascinated.
1: So funny.
0: Yeah, I would just love to know what's going through their little doggy brains when they do that.
1: I know. And if I'm on the floor working on a dollhouse, they are right there.
0: Well, they always want to be part of our lives. I think sometimes Ziggy actually gets a little jealous of the dollhouse. Like if I spend too much time, he'll kind of stand between me and the dollhouse and kind of give me a look.
1: It's a possibility. My my
0: dogs might be jealous as well. So Marina, tell me about the decor in your dollhouses. Are they similar to how you decorate in real life? I would say my
1: contemporary, It's my house is like kind of farm, modern farmhouse. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty much the, the vibe of my Vermont farmhouse and the contemporary. A lot of the feel from those two houses are modern farmhouse. And, yeah, I think my house has a lot of, like, modern farmhouse vibes to it.
0: Now, you use a lot of neutrals. Yes. I love how your dollhouses look. I think they're beautiful. I just don't really understand neutrals. (laughs) I want to make something neutral, but then as I start to, I just start reaching for teal or red or purple. You know, in my real-life house, I have some neutrals, but it's only so I can put color on top of them. (laughs) Right. So... Do neutrals give you the same joy? Like when I look at a certain color of teal or purple or green, but especially teal, like if it's a certain hue, I literally get just this feeling of peace and joy from it. Do neutrals do that for you? I think so. That's
1: just my comfort zone. I guess my house, my real life house is very neutral. A lot of whites, a lot of neutrals, pale gray, taupes, very neutral, And that's my comfort zone maybe because I feel like I can build off of that. And if I wanted to add accessories for color, I can. Like I just took down everything Christmas in my real life house and I did Valentine's Day. So everything is a pop of bright pink and accessories for Valentine's Day. So it just stands out a little bit.
0: That's true. It stands out and you can change it more. I have to sort of think about what room I'm going to put Christmas or Valentine's or Thanksgiving colors in. You know, will it go? Will it stand out? You know, because I don't have quite as neutral a canvas. Right. You're already on to Valentine's Day. I was going through my feed and I saw a lot of people have started with Valentine's Day. And I think it's because I haven't taken down the Christmas in my dollhouse yet or my real house. I just can't bear to do it yet. And when you take it down, there's this loss of sparkle and color, and it's gray outside. And so I I think it's smart to just start with Valentine's Day.
1: I haven't taken down my Christmas decorations in my dollhouse yet. I just haven't gotten around to it to even start putting up Valentine's
0: Here's a hot tip. I found this out last year. If you get Valentine's Day sprinkles with little hearts, the ones I got were the exact size to treat as little cookies. So I just put them on a plate. Oh, yeah. I've done that trick
1: with little gingerbread sprinkles.
0: Oh, I haven't done that. That's smart. And they worked perfect. It's so fun when you find something outside the mini world that works in mini, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I love that. So do you have a favorite house? I don't really have a favorite house.
1: No. I guess I like my contemporary. I like the farmhouse and I love my Newport Manor. Those are my favorites.
0: Okay. What do you make in your dollhouses and what do you not make or not like to make?
1: I like to make food. I like to make accessories. I I like to make my own kitchens and bathrooms. I like to make my own couches if possible. I also have some that i purchased. I like to make furniture. I like to make as many things as I can myself. But as a collector, I do like to buy certain things that just catch my eye.
0: So it's more that you buy something that you just think is unique and beautiful than that you're looking for a particular thing because it sounds like you can make pretty much everything else. I
1: love to purchase niche things that are a little different. And I love pottery. I love little pottery. I'm just like obsessed with
0: little pottery. Oh, little pottery is the best. So do you make it or do you collect it?
1: Collect it. I've never, ever tried to make pottery. That's probably the only thing I've never made.
0: So I have a confession. I got a little pottery wheel from my husband and I haven't used it. So this year, one of my resolutions is I have to use it and learn how to make pottery because it would be so fun, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. You need to get on that. I would be cracking that open.
0: I know. And I even have a friend who has a kiln. So that makes it a little easier. So maybe I should make that New Year's resolution right now on air. So I feel I have to keep it. That's what I'll do.
1: That's awesome. I think I have one of the little pottery wheels like from Amazon in my cart. And it's been there forever. I just
0: never check out. That's so interesting. So when you make all these things, and you say you make your kitchens and bathrooms, you're talking about 3D printing. Well, the
1: kitchen in the contemporary, I did both. I used basswood for all of the bottom cabinets. And then the uppers, I used basswood. And then the just the doors, I 3D printed. Oh, interesting. Yes. I 3D printed the doors uh, because I wanted like that glass uh, window pane look. Oh. Figured it would be easier if I printed them. And it was. It was annoying and, and it was a little difficult because I am still learning how to make my own files and like build my own things. Although there are a lot of free files out there on the internet that are available, but I have, I guess, a learning disability with Tinkercad. Some people get it right away. I'm not so tech savvy. I'm more hands-on learning and doing things old school, but my sons bought me a 3d printer a couple of years ago for Christmas. And so it's a filament printer and I love it. I love making all little accessories. It's amazing, the things that you can make the, with a the printer.
0: Do you make a lot of like little knobs and some of those things? You just can't make those any other way, I think. Yeah, I make
1: candles, knobs, little cups, plates, saucers. I bought like a teal colored. I'm going to send you some. I just did a little plate and a cake plate and little plates.
0: I saw those and they're a beautiful teal shade. My eye just went to them. It's like a jade, like a jadeite. Remember jadeite? I do remember jadeite. You know, it had like kind of a little retro look to it. Oh, for sure. So, what's the first thing you tried to make with your filament printer? Did you start small? Was it really hard at first? So, my
1: my friend Teresa from the Mini Beach House, she is like a unbelievable. She helped me a lot because I'm not tech savvy. I didn't realize that you need to slice a file and then you need to import it and then put it on a thumbnail drive. It just is a lot of steps to it. I was lost. I was completely lost. I'm like, whoa, what did I sign up for? She explained and she le- really walked me through a lot of the technical part of it. She was super helpful. Also, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on troubleshooting and just how to do this and how to do that. That was super helpful.
0: Yes, Teresa's so nice. She was actually the last interview I had and she was talking about D printing and I got the feeling she just took to it so easily.
1: She's super talented. So she helped me a lot and just playing around with it, just playing around with it, trial and error. It was definitely a new thing for me to learn because I've been an artist all my life. Behind the chair being creative, I was a hairdresser and a colorist and a makeup artist. So was always kind of hands-on. I never was a tech savvy kind of gal until this came came along.
0: But you did it. You did it. That's very inspirational. Yeah. I mean, I'm still learning. It's it's
1: definitely not easy for me. I don't find it easy. I'm definitely still learning how to make files and make things on my own, but it is fun. And I do love making things and uh, sharing them with other people. So that's
0: definitely fun. What's your favorite thing you've made from the printer?
1: Probably my Easter basket. Teresa helped me master it. I made this little Easter basket and that was my favorite thing.
0: Oh, that sounds so cute. And what is one of the hardest things you've ever made? The hardest
1: thing to make for me and the most time consuming thing is making like cabinets with all the drawers and doors that open and shut. You know, it's a lot of math and I'm not so good in math but you really have to plan out, map out, and, and measure everything. Doors and drawers and furniture that is functional, it's time-consuming. I wish I had one of those Glowforge that you could just whip it out and all of a sudden it's you just glue it together.
0: Yes. I mean, that would be a lot of math. I mean, I'm a big eyeballer even when it comes to wallpaper and different things, but you can't eyeball a drawer in a kitchen cabinet <laughs>
1: No, you'll get a mess. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You'll get a big mess. So you'd say you kind of do like half wood, half 3D printing when you make your kitchens, or was that just your one kitchen?
1: Yeah, that was one kitchen. The kitchen in the farmhouse, those have opening doors. I did those from scratch completely from wood.
0: Oh my goodness. How long did that take? That kitchen took me maybe a couple of weeks. But working at it pretty hard.
1: Uh, every night I did it working on that one. I think I worked on that during the pandemic, that house. so And I was going nowhere, so I had all the time.
0: When I look back and see what I created over a day or a week in the pandemic, it's so much more than I can get done now. For sure. We had all the time in the world, so I didn't rush to do anything. I would get up in the morning and I would have coffee and I'd be like, what am I going to make? And I'd work on one project. Then I'd have a break, I'd work on another project, then I'd do a little Instagram. I mean, sometimes I almost look back on those days with some fondness, because you could just do it so uninterrupted. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't want to go back to being locked in my house. But it was a good time to immerse yourself in minis. I agree.
1: I found like I got a lot done. And I feel like the more time and that you have to work on something, it just goes so much easier. I don't appreciate working under time restraints because I get so stressed out. I feel like if I don't have a time limit on a certain project, then I could do it probably more efficiently.
0: I can see that. I like having just the miniatures as something I can do at my own pace, my escape. To me, my miniatures are my stress relief. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I love them because... They occupy enough of my brain that I don't think of the other things that might be stressing me out. Does that make sense?
1: Totally, I'm with you. It's a place that I go to unwind. At the end of the day, I could throw on Netflix and just get to my desk and and just do whatever I feel like working on that you know that evening. And I just I love it. It's just a stress reliever for me.
0: Yeah, I think the main thing for me was it was a way to be creative, to be productive and keep my mind busy during COVID and and now a stress release, and also to connect me to other people doing it. Oh, for sure. I agree. Have you ever done any room boxes?
1: I have not done a room box.
0: I have not either, but someone gifted me one, so I'm trying to decide what to do with it. Oh,
1: that sounds fun.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if I could come up with something. Do you think it'd be fun to do like a mini Mad About Miniatures office, like a little podcast office and my little pets could be helping me?
1: Oh, yeah, that would be perfect to you.
0: <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking. But again, it's sort of been sitting there for a while. I think that's a perfect idea. Yeah, I just have to decide, you know, what would my... If I had my own podcast office, what would that, what would I want that to look like?
1: Yeah, I think it would have a lot of teal and Ziggy would be in the picture.
0: <laughs> so, you know, when you told me you had seven, it was so funny because I think that's probably pretty close to what I have. But if you had told me two years ago when I was just starting that, you know, when people said they had seven dollhouses or if you had told me I might have seven dollhouses houses. I would have thought that sounded crazy. And now it just sounds like a very average, reasonable amount. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't it funny how you just start with the one and it seems like it takes you forever. And then before you know it, you have all these dollhouses and other things in boxes. Oh, yeah. It takes over the whole house. (laughs) It does. It sounds like your kids have been really supportive of it.
1: Oh, yeah. They love it. Brianna, my my youngest She's just turned 16. She loves helping and like diving in. And I taught her how to do the recessed lighting. And she's so proud of it. She did the recessed lighting in the cafe. I have a cafe that I built with a recessed ceiling. That's like a hidden ceiling. It slides out. And she did all the recessed lighting. And she's so proud of that.
0: She should be. I would be proud of myself for doing that.
1: Yeah. And she's so cute. And she just loves showing it off when we have company.
0: Aw, that's so great. And what other children do you have? I have three
1: older boys. They like to watch me, but they don't really dive in.
0: Right. My boys don't either. Of course, they're living far away too. But they do give me lots of minis as gifts. Now for my birthday and Christmas, it's all mini gifts, which I love.
1: I love getting many gifts. My son bought me some many gifts and I completely am obsessed.
0: I know, it's just the best. It's perfect, really, because he's like, Mom, I never knew what to buy for you, but there's always something in the miniature world that you need or want. <laughs> I use the word need a little. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a fun surprise to open them up and see them. You know, I've been so enjoying. That it's a way too, for them to kind of share it with you, you know they'll they're interested in where I put it and what I have, and they'll look at it and everything and show their friends, so they're really sweet, supportive,
1: oh yeah, my son Nicholas, he's definitely interested. He's like, "Mom, where did you put the little? He bought me this little shepherd mouse, and it's from the wee wee folk, tiny wee folk, or I forget what what the company is. But it's a little tiny mouse dressed up as a shepherd boy. And he's like, Mom, where did you put it? I have to see where you put it. So it's it's just so cute.
0: One year on Thanksgiving when we were all together, I brought up little pieces of wrapping paper and bows and stuff. And I had everyone, the boys, their girlfriends, everyone make a mini present so we could put them all under the tree. And I have one from each of them.
1: That's awesome.
0: And every year when I take them out now, I'm like, oh, there's the little mini. You know, it's fun.
1: Definitely. And it was so nice that they all got their hands into, you know, minis.
0: It was very nice of them. So that was really fun. So you have three older boys. Wow, you have a big family.
1: Yep, three older boys. And I have a grandchild that was born in October.
0: I've seen pictures. So cute. Are you just so thrilled?
1: Oh, yeah. So thrilled. He's adorable.
0: Do you think when he gets older, you'll make him, I don't know, a house, a a fire department? uh,
1: I might. I have to see what he's into and get a feel of his interests. You know how little boys are. They're like either into um, G.I. Joe's or, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Marina, it's been so nice talking to you. Your minis are just so amazing and so lifelike. You're always so positive. On Instagram, I just always enjoy reading what you say and looking at all the beautiful pictures. And it was so fun when we met in person at Philadelphia, Menturia.
1: Yeah, it was so much fun. Uh, That year was awesome. I loved that you gave me a little mug. It was so cute. I still have it. It's treasure.
0: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, that's funny. I gave out little mini mugs to everyone, which I'm going to do in Vegas, too. So to encourage people to come say hi. There's just something about meeting you and so many the miniaturists that I corresponded with or saw those things in person and being all together. That was just really special.
1: It was to actually meet everybody and see, um, you know, just people that we connect with on Instagram and then you meet them in person. And it's just just amazing.
0: I know. The thing that I thought was so fun is you meet them in person and it's like you knew them. I mean, I thought, would it be like meeting a stranger? But it's really not. Like you just start talking and then you're like, there's my friend. Yeah. Because how many people can you talk to about miniatures nonstop?
1: Yeah, it's true that you
0: feel like, oh, I know you forever. Exactly. It's so fun. Well, we will get pictures up of some of the things you've talked about so people can look at and again, thank you for sharing about your memory of miniatures and all your talent and expertise. Thank you
1: so much for having me. It was it was awesome.
0: Thanks so much again and we'll talk soon and goodbye. Bye Becky, thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was so fun. I loved talking to Marina. I was really inspired by how she used her mother's doilies, crafts and decor style. To create a dollhouse that was a tribute to her mother and the wonderful memories she has of her. In the interview, I mentioned I'll be handing out free mini mugs at a mini show in Vegas this February. Here's a little more info The show is called IMOMA, which stands for International Market of Miniature Artisans, and it's on February 25th and 26th. It's gonna be so much fun, and I'm excited to be a minfluencer at the show. What does this mean? I'll be there at certain scheduled times and you can sign up to stop by so I can get a video of you sharing your favorite purchases or telling me how you got started in minis. Don't want to be on camera? No pressure. Stop by and say hello, pick up a free mini mug, and sign up to win some Mad About Miniatures merch. For more info, go to I-M-O-M-A-L-V dot com. See you in Vegas! But before then, I'll be dropping another podcast. Join me on Tuesday. February 7th, where we'll take a deep, deep dive into everything about the famous IGMA Guild School in beautiful Castine, Maine. Until then, remember, there are no rules in your dollhouse except for the ones you create for yourself. Goodbye!